there's a little guide sheet here for you because I wanted to share some of the Bible passages that's going to be um, really helpful. Um, I really enjoyed meditating through these passages as well, so I wanted to leave these with you guys and uh, for something for you to kind of follow along. But Matt actually came up with the title, Colleagues, Comrades, and Companions. Comrades kind of sound communistic, but you get the drift. Uh, It's about the horizontal relationship, uh, our peers. And so we want to have a think about this. Matt shared the importance of uh, our peer relationship that could potentially turn into a a really grace-sharing, gospel-sharing opportunities. And and that's absolutely true, and, and that's valuable. Um, and about a couple of weeks ago, about 10 days ago, we had a Saturday event. Uh, a lot of you guys knew about it. Some of you guys came out, and um, we were talking about how to share the gospel with uh, our colleagues in workplaces. And one of the uh, major takeaway from that is that um, it's not going to be a quick process. Uh, the relationship building and trust building and doing life together is so critical. Um, earlier, while we were just casually talking with Ollie as well, we were talking about how as, as, as brave and courageous and, uh, you know, uh, noble as uh, outdoor public preaching is, nowadays that's just not very effective. And um, neither is uh, direct contact uh, evangelism probably. You know, that's rarely uh, fruitful. Uh, although at times, uh, you know, Lord willing, that could be a good thing. But um, people are much more weary of one another nowadays, and people are much more individualized and uh, live in a very isolated lives. Uh, so for uh, what you say to actually get through in a way that you intend, it really requires trust building over time. Uh, so I think methodology uh, is something that we can think about. But with, with that aside, the point I'm really trying to start out with is the fact that uh, we are, we're surrounded by people. And God, for his very sovereign and wise reasons, uh, he placed us in a certain time and place and put people around us. And those people around us are also made in the image of God like we are. And uh, we don't know how our relationship and the way it interplays is going to work out, but it's the arena that God uses uh, to continue his redeeming plan. And as we know, uh, if, you, if you sort of uh, read the end of the book, if you will, as in the Bible, not everybody's going to be saved. Um, we, we don't know why or how God saves some and some he doesn't. Um, we do know that God is all wise and he's sovereign, and uh, it's, not, it's not our job to be saving people either. But we're, we're told to be his ambassadors. We're told to be his witnesses. And the best thing we can do is live out a, a, a very God-saturated um, neighborly, citizenly, colleague life, if you will. Uh, so I just wanted to share uh, some passages with you and talk about uh, what it means to uh, do work life together with, with our peers. First of all, there's that um, rule of thumb, the golden rule, right? Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's, that comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. It says, so <clears throat> whatever you uh, wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So there's that golden rule uh, that a lot of people are very familiar with. And I think in the old school days, uh, that's pretty much the whole sum of what people took away from the Bible. Just be good. Just do to others what you would want them to do to you. 
And how we treat each other, I think, is important. I mean, uh, these are the words of Christ. So it is not to be dismissed. Uh, it, it is important. And that's something that communicates uh, very immediately. Uh, if you go very to the bottom section where it says other thoughts, there are a couple of quotes that I'd like to share with you. One is by Einstein. He said, uh, I speak to everyone in the same way. He probably doesn't do it perfectly every time, but he says, uh, whether he is the garbage man or the president of the university, uh, he chooses to speak to people in the same manner, same respectful manner, and I think that's important. Second one is by Maya, um, Maya Angelou. She said, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Would you agree with that? I definitely do. Yeah. You know, if I think back uh, of my friends, obviously, who, who, who are very familiar to me, but beyond that, uh, people who are not as familiar, like my former teachers, Sunday school, or even at, you know, my uh, regular school teachers, I might not remember all the lessons they taught, but I can definitely take away, I, I definitely take away the impression of how that person made me feel, whether that person made me feel safe and encouraged, or if that person uh, was a constant put down, implicitly, explicitly, those kinds of memories, it's so intuitive, it stays with you for a long time. And it has a way of shrinking the heart or opening the heart, doesn't it? I mean, you can all recall some people who really made your heart shrink. And then you can also recall some people who's really been generous and who's been really good to you. Uh, so I think, I think that uh, really goes deep into the very design of how God made us in His image. Uh, we are uh, relatable people. Uh, God, in His triune Father, Son, the Holy Spirit relationship, uh, out, of that, out of that core essence, God made us in His image to be relational people, to relate to God and relate to one another. So I think that relational channel is so important and how we treat one another is important. And when we're surrounded by our colleagues at workplaces, you, you want to really think twice, three times. I mean, you want to you really review how you come off to the people. Not just you know, your intention, I meant well, but how did I actually make that person feel? You know, how, what, what does my presence mean to these people around me? And, and I hope that kind of helps you to start thinking about uh, you, the, the way you impact others. <clears throat> Another passage is Philippians 2.3. It's about humility. And one thing that's really awesome about humility as a character trait is that it's always in vogue, if you will. You know, it's always proper. You know, maybe certain personality traits, uh, traits are uh, maybe more esteemed than others at different times. But I think humility is one of those things that's always good. You know, Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Um, I think NIV says count others better than yourself. Uh, ESV says more significant. Now that's a tall order. Why? Because um, you know, our, our fallen nature is uh, very consistently self-seeking. This is why uh, Jesus said to, uh, you know, love others as you would love yourself because our default mode is to always take care of ourselves and to love ourselves. But to actually turn that around and consider somebody else more significant, how they think, how they feel, how they respond to your presence, uh, to consider them to be thoughtful, it's so 
I think that's really counterculture, especially nowadays when everybody's so self-absorbed, so prone to be. So for you to be actually thoughtful, you know, I mean, don't we often get offended because people are not thoughtful towards us? Uh, but if we can actually be thoughtful towards them, that's a very counterintuitive thing. Uh, another thing that's really critical in our workplaces uh, is how we work, isn't it? Uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 7 and 8 says this, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may not or, or may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. Um, integrity and modeling is really important. And uh, as we know, it's for integrity's sake, uh, in the honor of the Creator and the Father um, that Christ ultimately went to the cross. Uh, cross, I think, uh, is, a, is a benchmark uh, where people are called to uh, make a decision whether you're going to worship the Creator or worship the creation. And uh, it's the unyielding integrity of Christ that ultimately uh, caused God-haters, if you will, uh, those who deny the, the truth that Christ proclaimed to actually put him there on the cross. So sometimes uh, you could even be as, we will never be sinless like Christ is, uh, but even sinless Christ was put to the cross. What that means is, uh, first of all, we have to act in integrity and honesty and uh, do good work. But that doesn't always mean that uh, you're going to yield benefits and accolades and, and good things either. Sometimes, uh, in a world that is often dog-eat-dog, -dog, uh, having integrity and doing the right things doesn't always get you in the best places. Uh, but I want to encourage you with uh, one quote from Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, he's an American civil rights leader. Uh, he said this. He said, um, an individual who breaks the law that conscience tells him is unjust and who, is willingly, and who willingly accepts the penalty of imprisonment in order to arouse the conscience of the community over its injustice is in reality expressing the highest respect for the law. Um, you know, I think um, working with others is a challenging thing. Um, you you got to do the right things. But uh, I want to challenge us to what is ultimately at the core uh, or the driving force of your behavior. Is, is it is it even doing the right thing so that you will yield higher benefits, uh, approval uh, of others? Or will you, will you be willing to do uh, the good and right things even at the cost of uh, receiving the best benefits and uh, most accolades? And I think that's a challenging thing because sometimes uh, in our workplaces you could actually do the right thing and get the, get the worst result, you know? but would you be willing to really lay your life down in a way that reflects the integrity of God? You know? uh, so that's a, that's a big challenge. Um, <clears throat> I think um, um, there is definitely an, an element of how we live and how we behave that communicates to others as well, as Matt was talking about. And 1 Corinthians 10.32 says this, uh, give no offense to Jews or Greeks or to the church of God, uh, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved, right? Um, so there is definitely uh, a redemptive element to the way we uh, are gracious and kind to one another. 
the, the reason we don't offend is because we're keeping the channel open so that the grace, can, grace of God can be communicated, wishing that uh, God will use that opportunity. Uh, conclusion on, on this end is honor everyone, love brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Uh, that's just covering all grounds. Contextually, back in the days when we had emperors, nowadays you have your CEOs and your, and your other leaders. Um, but I think... <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Um, well, I think there, there's another element to the peer consideration that we want to think about as well, and that's um, uh, your, your brothers and sisters at church and sometimes the fellow believers uh, at your workplaces as well. Uh, Matt said he's formed a little group, support group, uh, group of four, and, and that's good. Um, there, is, there is priority of uh, the household of faith in Galatians 6.10. It says, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Okay, so that's blanketed general thing, but especially also to those who are of the household of faith. Um, you got, you got to take care of your own as well. And uh, there's, there's reason for that. Uh, it's because uh, taking care of one another really grows our stock uh, in our ability to communicate. And what do I mean by this? Um, let's go to Romans 12, look at verse 10. It says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Um, that, that's an interesting uh, concept to outdo in showing honor to one another. Uh, it's like if I'm out to encourage and honor Matt, and then Matt's not to be outdone and says, Oh, no, Jim. You know, you're the man, you know. I've been encouraged, and if he encourages me, and I'm like, no, 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 brother, you're awesome, and I'm, I'm trying to encourage. You know, what, what this really does is actually, it might, it might seem a little comical, but what you're walking away with is a sense of wealth of encouragement, you know. Uh, I think spiritual economy, uh, is, is, it works the same way as um, your general monetary or financial economy. When your consumption is greater than your production, uh, you're going to be in deficit. That's just how it is. When people come together and they're always taking and looking to be encouraged and looking to receive all the time, but they're not the givers of encouragement, they're not the givers of you know, service, then you have an arena that is uh, essentially bankrupt. You know? uh, why would you want to go to a place like that again? You know? But often, in, in, even in Christian fellowships, uh, there tends to be uh, just a, a sense of depletion in emotional, spiritual generosity to one another. And that's a very difficult place to be. The reason we need to make sure that among the, uh, among the household of faith, that there is this wealth of encouragement and service to one another is because that communicates to the people outside as they look from the outside inward. <clears throat> the last thing uh, I want to share is from John 13. Um, there is an uh, evangelistic or missional force to the way we love one another because Jesus gave a new commandment. It says, new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one another. You know, sometimes um, to make a difference in, in workplaces as a Christian and to communicate, uh, and because there's a broad general sentiment that is often misunderstanding about church and faith matters, we often, uh, we often tend to put ourselves um, distinct from the rest of the church so that you wouldn't be roped into their uh, sort of broad stroke negative views about church. 
So when people uh, have negative things to say about spirituality, religion, church, uh, the first thing, uh, our first response tends to be, oh, I'm not like them, you know. Um, but I think a better approach is rather to, to show how encouraged you are by the church, you know, uh, how, mu- how much you, you get out of uh, the church's service. Uh, how much uh, togetherness in a community is encouraging in your life and so supportive. Um, and, and that has to be a genuine thing, not, not some, you know, soundbite campaign, but it has to be a genuine conversation because of the first thing, uh, because we try to create in our uh, spiritual community, our church, our fellowships, our community groups, we're trying to create surplus. And when that's your real experience, you can go to your workplaces and actually testify that I genuinely love my church, that I love my brothers and sisters, and I am loved by them, and that's a good place to be. I think that communicates to the world. You know, when the world sees a church biting one another, it's like, oh, why, why would they want to be a part of that? And why would you want to be a part of a dysfunctional family? But when people love one another, and that's a beautiful place to be, then that's attractional, and that's something that they want to be a part of. So. I want to really encourage you uh, with these passages and some of these words, uh, some things to meditate as you go into your workplace. Um, Ask yourself whether these biblical thoughts have been saturated in your readiness as you go into a workplace. A friend of mine, uh, when he goes home (laughs) to his wife and uh, three kids, instead of going straight into his house where the kids are ready to jump on his back and wife is giving him the honey-do list, um, he, he generally parks outside and prays and gets himself ready because he needs to switch mode from being a, a tired after-work guy into being a good husband and a good father. So he needs to get himself ready. He prays and gets himself, and then, and then go in, ready to meet the, the home challenges. Uh, this is where often family breakdowns happen too, isn't it? Like when, when a guy is really tired and he just wants his castle and he goes, into, goes in the house expecting his wife to serve him and kids to, to leave him alone. Is that going to happen? No way. <laughs> but when you go in ready for that next stage where you're still uh, called to be a good husband and a good father and you go in to meet the challenge to serve them, it's a different household. You know, even in the workplaces, uh, I think we have to be ready to meet our peers. As you're on, on your train ride, you know, before you go into the, in the door, you want to think about these passages and, and ask yourself, am I going in there to make others feel good and important and special, to uh, open their hearts up to whatever the Lord may communicate through me to them? Am I, do I have a humble posture uh, do, I, do I work diligently with integrity? Um, am I ready for uh, whatever the consequences because of my integrity? You know, uh, does my work communicate something more transcendent? Uh, you want to you be asking these things and, and leave the result up to the Lord. You know, you're not after some result. So, um, yeah, I wanted to share some of these things with you. Thanks for listening. Uh, Uh, I'm going to close, but I might just throw out one discussion question. Uh, Ask one another um, of these points that we just talked about, um, what is, if you were to pick one point as a takeaway, what do you think is the most important that you would look to apply immediately, uh, like tomorrow? What is that one takeaway for you? Can I just pray and close, and then we'll get into that discussion?
Father, we're so thankful for our friends getting together like this after work. Uh, we're all uh, coming from a tired day of uh, working hard, but uh, Lord, thank you for giving us this opportunity to really think about uh, whether we work and live con uh, conscientiously with uh, intentionality and proactiveness to show your love and grace to uh, one another and to those that we work with. Uh, Lord, help us to be beneficial, um, helpful uh, part of the city. God, help us to bring refreshment uh, to those around us. God, help us to honor you and bless one another. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.